0: Hey Husky fans, welcome back to the greatest podcast in probably the history of the world of all podcasts, the Husky yeah. Fan Podcast. Uh, Jimmy, I don't know about you, but uh kind of had a tough week. I was uh, You were listening to my soliloquy before we started, and uh, just for me, just not for anybody else, but for me, I think that I, that I deserve a Husky victory this week.
1: Yeah, yes you do, man. Yes, you do. Deserve one, buddy. You know, the trials and tribulations, you know, due to inflation, I, I cannot in- attend the game this weekend, unfortunately. You know, inflation's got us down, you know. So it's, it's, it's a wacky time, you know. The West Seattle Bridge apparently didn't have to be built until uh, 2060 and some report in the, the wishy-washy Seattle Times. So, you know, it's, it's wild times out there with decision-making in our <laughs> world.
0: Not a good time, and so we need it. Uh, just we need it for morale. We yeah. need that boost.
1: Yeah, and, and look, I mean, history says they don't win this game. <laughs> they haven't beaten a non-conference ranked opponent since Michigan two thousand one. Correct me if I'm wrong.
0: So I think that's regular season because that's not. Yeah, including right. the 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 Nebraska bowl game victory in twenty ten, all- which was a real pleasant surprise. Oh, it was a great game. Locker. Um, great. yeah. Alameda to Amu. That was a classic defensive game, but yeah, it's uh Yeah, I mean, you go to the Michigan 2001, uh which is my fifth best Husky home game ever. Uh that's a little I'll probably tweet out that list tomorrow. Yeah, do that. Um, yeah. And the year before, of course, was the best team that we ever beat in the history of our program yes the miami hurricanes in 2000 it's pretty you know not to go off on a tangent but it's Luke, pretty I'm- insane it's pretty insane after we beat miami in 2000 uh, 2000 how well they did i mean i th- i i'd have to look it up but they uh they had like an insane run for the next 3 years just really after that game they went on an insane run and interestingly same thing with beating nebraska in 1991 you know, they won something like, I think, 48 home games in a row after we beat them uh-huh. in 1991. Yeah. Um, or maybe that was after 1992. Well, I'd have to look. Their record after – so at their home – because in 91 we beat them at Lincoln. 92, of course, yeah. was at home. By the way, the 30th on. anniversary, we're days away from that game. And uh, I believe, since we've talked about it so much, that was the game when uh, the neighbors called the cops on your dad making noise. That's correct. Yeah, he reminded me
1: of that because I guess the Times wrote an article about that game. So he he, uh, reminded me again about how the neighbors (laughs) called the
0: cops. (laughs) I think your dad should be the Husky legend.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he might. uh, He he, he should be. He should be. He's He's a super fan. Yeah,
0: it's fucking awesome.
1: Well, Um, yeah, I mean, looking into this weekend, you know, I I do have to point out that China Husky did did kind of, you know, tell me I, you know, originally said you know I thought I had a ticket for me. He told me that, but then uh, it turns out he he gave it to somebody else, and so, you know, I'm I'm at odds with China Husky. I mean, if this game was ten years ago, I'd have been locked. But, you know, times change.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll 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 see, we'll see what we can <clears throat> we'll see what we can do, brother. It's still uh, still a couple of days away. I know it's a, it's quite a uh, it's quite a, a jaunt for you, and that's not the right word. It's quite a commitment. You're coming from afar. Um, but yeah, I mean,
1: it would be a commitment, yeah, for sure. Um, but you know, that's what you do when you're diehard. You know, I, I you know, so many years. Of traveling, you know, flying—it's not that bad now. But you know, flying now, ten years ago, was a lot easier than it is today. <laughs> you know, flying was was uh, easy. It's not quite as easy anymore.
0: It's terrible. I mean, basically, flying in flying in business class now is um, like akin to flying in coach. I want to say like twenty or thirty years ago.
1: Yes. Probably not even that far. Absolutely. And, and, you know, they're, they're scheming to make it even worse. I mean, yeah. there's, there's... No, it's, it's,
0: it's going to be, yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they got the premium economy now. I mean, I, 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 um, yeah, I, you know, during COVID with no traveling, I built up a shitload of points. So I f- yeah. flied, I used those to, uh, go on a few trips this year and, you know, had enough to fly first class with my wife. I mean, shit humble brag but you know uh it's just yeah i mean it's like coach is just it's really they're just squeezing people in there and you get nothing yeah no
1: pretty you know they've worked on designs that put everyone in a saddle so they can just even get you in the <laughs> it's in can like cattle it's coming it's coming
0: and even at fair- first even in first class like they run out of beals too
1: yeah it's uh Flying in, in the in in the Americas is is not what it used to be, buddy.
0: No. Yeah, but anyway, anyway, um, circling back to um, the present day. So yeah, this game. You know, a couple of things I want to mention. Um, one thing, and uh, shout out to uh, Chris or Huskies fan ninety one. I know a lot of people have blocked him. He's a very very extremely passionate fan but you know he, he is a really sharp guy and I will say cuz I stole his line and I used it on the discord cuz people are upset about the uniforms you know we're going to be wearing the purple chrome and I think the last time we won in those was 2017 um against Cal I could be wrong you know we've worn those there's been a lot of losses however he reminded me today actually we wore those last year against Oregon and that was and we won that game because Jimmy Lake punched a player and fired himself, so that that was a that was a de facto win, actually. If we're looking at it that way, uh. <laughs> something good happened that game.
1: Yeah, that was uh, that was about it.
0: Yeah, but so there's there's that. I mean, I wish we were doing more traditional. And one thing, Jimmy, with the crowd, which I'm a little worried about, and I've seen a few people talking about this uh, mm-hmm. on social media, is. I mean, Michigan State returned. I saw that they returned some of their ticket, their allotment. And for us, I mean, I've noticed on the secondary market, the prices have come down significantly. And other people have said that there's still a lot of tickets available. I mean, Softy was tweeting about it. He has some special deals. Uh, UW Discord, shout out to them. I mean, they're giving away uh, some tickets, I think. So I'm a little, I don't. I mean I'm not trying to be a party pooper or a negaduke. The
1: game will not be sold out.
0: Yeah, I just and I know Mike Varrell has had some great articles, you know, talking about, you know, the Nebraska game 30 years ago, the home field advantage. I just, you know, I I really don't think this is going to be it, sh- it should be a good crowd. It'll be a good crowd, but I don't think it's going to be like an over the top top 10 type environment, that kind of crowd. I just I don't see that happening unless somehow we can figure out how to get more people in the seats you know give tickets away and do stuff like that i i'm just i i don't think it's gonna i don't think it's gonna be full
1: i don't think so either and you know there's been so many theories on the lack of attendance and you know even the passion of, with the peterson era we saw crowds that that lacked and you know and obviously the, the the poor matchups the smaller schools never really turned to much of a crowd but we we've seen it you know come down over the years and nobody has really pinpointed the specific reason as to why i, I mean i think you and i have talked it over so many times but you know i think the administration uh, had let has let it slip by they've treated people more as just a, a digit than, you know, a longtime time Husky fan where, you know, and Cohen has made it clear that you know, she's a revenue hawk. That's all she really is. Um, that's all she cares about. I think she's a fake fan. I don't think she has the passion like most fans. Um, and, you know, there's a changing culture in Seattle and a lot of uh, people moving from other parts of the country and the world into Seattle And I think maybe some people have moved out of Seattle. I don't know. But the the diehard fan, you go look look back, you know, 15, 20, 30 years, I mean, the crowds were insane. Now, granted, you know, the teams were phenomenal. Don James has built an amazing program. You know, there's a younger generation that saw a losing program for, what, 10 years? Like, you, you know, it's like your formative years, and then when you have some money, you know, you just watched a poor product for so long. I don't know what, how that plays into it or what, but, you know, Softy going on these rants about, you know, you got to support the team. What's the deal? It's like, dude, I mean, wake up, buddy. You know, you, you're not calling out the elements. And then he like posts UW Leah's thing. And, you know, I don't know. Man.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, we've talked about it. Um, for, years and years I know the season is over guys they've talked about it there's yeah. no there's no quick fix it's going to take a long a long-term commitment and yeah I know demographics are changing and I just think that and again not to go off on a major tangent but yeah keep every, yeah. okay everything with this program peaked in 2001 okay you had the yeah if, if you're if you're charting our, our all-time wins and where we rank, like we're around 11th or 12th, if you take out the schools that play easy schedules. Um, if you look at uh, metric superiority guy, his program rankings as far as accomplishments through 2001, uh, we were I think we were 12th, um, and now we're probably like 19th. Same thing with wins. I think in all-time wins, we've gone from 11th to probably 19th. So we've fallen off quite a bit. Um, and also that, that was the, cause 2002 is when I applied to UW and, and, and 2001 was really that that's when it, the difficulty of getting into UW really accelerated after 2001. I got in off the wait mm-hmm. list and two, I got in off the wait list in 2002 In 2001. I would have been easily in 2000. I would have been a shoe in 2003. I would have not gotten in. I would have not been on the wait list. There were people the next year after me who had much better credentials than me that didn't even get in, you know, they didn't even get onto the wait list. So, and that's a big issue because now kids who grow up, if they're fans or the people who are likely to be football fans, like they're going to have a really hard time getting into the school and they're going to lose their fandom basically, especially when the team is, you know, mediocre. It'd be one thing if the team, if this were the eighties and nineties, again, you know, the they would still stay connected but so that's also a major issue so um yeah it's it's you go ahead
1: well, i was gonna say too you know there was a lot of local talent for a long time where you know if you look at to a local kid out of woodenville i mean he was so dynamic you know he had the hewards you uh, he had Corey dillon a local guy i mean he had a lot of local studs Mar- mario and, bailey yeah i
0: mean like lawyer boy Deco-
1: but yeah, I mean there were so many local guys that had such an impact on the program. You know, Joe Kralick, and you know, football was was you know was, was really heavily followed in the state. And there's a lot of good players. And there still is, you know, you had the DeBo you know, Demetrius DeBose went to Notre Dame. But I feel like, you know, maybe even high school football interest has dropped off and that, you know there's been so much you know, talk around the, the, the concussion you know, issue, which is an issue with football. And, you know, there's there's probably an element of fans that have fallen off just because, you know, they don't want their kids to play the sport. And actually their interest falls off as, as their kids become the focus and they got other interests and other things to do. I mean, we're, you know, we're getting into the weeds and such, but, you know, I think there's a lot of factors. But you look at the Seattle game against Denver on Monday night, I mean, that's, that crowd was insane.
0: Yeah, I I would get my nuts to have that crowd this weekend.
1: I mean, so there's a thirst for football, like, from a pro level, the Seahawks. I mean, it's funny. We have family members. They won't watch a drop of football. They know nothing about football. You know, they're like 65-year-old women. They want to watch the Seahawks game. And, you know, they they come over to my parents' house and watch the game, and they're not going to watch another drop of football. They don't follow another team. They don't know any other player. They only know like one or two people on the Hawks team, but they want to watch the Hawks game. I mean, you know, a lot of people love Pete Carroll. Uh, He's, he's built, you know, a tremendous legacy and he's, you know, so charismatic and, you know, such a positive guy. I mean, you know, they've obviously done a great job of building that brand, you know, with Russell and such, but, you know, we just don't have that that thirst for football with Husky football like they do with, with the Seahawks, which is a real shame. And, you know, I think some of the changing culture in college football itself where, you know, your points to, you know, the focus is no longer much on the conference. It's more about the playoff and how they're going to expand it, which is a terrible idea. It's awful. Um, so, you know, your focus doesn't become as much on the conference as it is, like, what do you got to do to get to you know the playoff? And the conference rivalries is what made the game so great and made the bowl games so um, meaningful. And, and, and those things just are not of high priority other than like out of the SEC. Right.
0: And, you know, people say, oh, well, it's winning. We haven't won in a long time. From 2013 to 2019, to 2020, So from 2013 to 2020, we were second in the West in terms of wins, in terms of record by a hair. We were number one in basically every other metric. We were number one in the metrics, all the metrics you look at. We were number one. Uh, players, you know, uh, SRS, Sagarin, players in the NFL. Um, I don't know nationally what we ranked in that period. You know, maybe number 12, I'm just guessing. Um You know, 2013 to 2020, we had a new stadium. We had a Hall of Fame coach come in. You know, I know that the – you know, we had really bad opponent luck in those bowl games. I mean, it was just off the charts, the worst opponent luck. I mean, Penn State and Ohio State, who we played in the last – they were top five teams, basically. I mean, we did not get – you know, Oregon in 2019 got to play Big Ten number three or number four. So we – We had really bad luck. I know that didn't help the situation. But 2013 to 2020, that was in the beginning of that period. New stadium, Hall of Fame coach. That was the time to to really get it back, you know, get the passion back. And they fucking blew it. Like, they blew the opportunity. And so now we're just in that much of a deeper hole. And, you know, also factor in all the things that you said. It's going to make it very tough. So, you know, like we've been saying, this is – like a twenty year endeavor to bring this thing back to to get husky football back to being number one in this state in the Seattle area, because the local brand right now it's it's the lowest it's ever been
1: absolutely, and
0: yeah. we're not saying the program's the worst it's ever been we're just saying the status of the brand it was number one twenty years ago i don't know what it is now it's like number six i mean it's behind the storm it's probably behind the you know, behind the uh who's the uh, it's a soccer team, the Sounders. It yeah. might be behind them. I mean, if you look at some of these papers, uh, like they, it, it's just it's fallen off the wayside. And the people at UW, and I'm I'm sorry, but the big boosters, they just they're not cutthroat, and they don't want to win the way the boosters at Oregon and these places at Ohio State and the SEC want to win. But we don't. Our boosters don't want to win at that level.
1: Well, right. It's that you know that thirst of winning. Is not there and, and some people point to well I don't want to get into the dirty recruiting it's like okay look even 20 years ago I mean guys are getting slip money I mean that's just part of it I mean do you want to do you want to go and go Willie Lyle style no right I mean but this idea that you want to you don't want to get in the weeds and the mud of high school recruiting come on that, that's a cost. Uh, that that's an excuse, right? Maybe their passion is lost. Like those those boosters, passion has has dropped through the floor, it's plummeted. I mean, obviously we don't know them personally or can get inside their head, but I mean, there, it just seems like there's been just a number of things that have cascaded down onto this program um, that has you know eroded the commitment that you know we've had for so many years. And, you know such a rich history of the program I mean how do we get here even you know like to your point like with the Peterson team I mean that Stanford game 16 obviously was was a phenomenal environment that crowd was insane um, you know they had that element of a team that was on the cusp you know you felt like there was improvement and then they just blew up right they were just like just a bunch of talent sprinkled in with some local guys and, uh, you know, they are fun to watch had a great defense. And, you know, the, the fans were really there for them then. Um, but, I, I, like your point, it's going to be a slow climb. You've got to start scheduling better home opponents. I, I think the Portland State and Kent State strategy just stinks. Um, you know, if you buy a season ticket package and two or three of your games are just cream puffs, I mean, that's not fun. You're paying a lot of money, a lot of commitment to watch your team. And, and we know, like, top programs do it as well. But I think it's one thing that's hurt the game overall. You know, just spending all that energy to, to watch, you know, a blowout game or, or watch a Montana game.
0: <laughs> well, they they need to figure out. I someone, shout out to Terry Leo who tweeted it. They, seven Saturdays in the fall, seven experiences. They need to make it an experience. That's what they need to focus focus on. And I mean, I, I don't know. Get more spon- I mean, get sponsors to donate tickets. I mean, how much would it cost Alaska airlines to buy 10,000 tickets for what 50 bucks? I mean, what is that? 500,000 or is that five they
1: just, they'll, just, they'll just blame it on inflation. Ah, uh, you know, <laughs> can't do no, it. Right but I'm now.
0: saying these companies have shit tons of money Tell them to donate and, and and tell them to buy all these unused tickets and donate them before the game. You f- give them free advertising or something. You tell tell them it's for. I don't know. You, you see what I'm saying here? I mean, you got to think outside of the box to create. Well, these who's opportunities. to say they haven't tried? Who's to say they haven't tried? Well, I mean, I, I I think they're try. I mean, I think they're trying a little bit with flash sales and. But I, well, we would know about it if these companies were buying these tickets and donating them, basically.
1: Well, but I'm saying, have they pitched? How do we know they haven't pitched the idea and the companies have said no?
0: I don't know. I mean, if the company said no, you got to get you got to get people who are better at pitching it. I mean, dude, I just watched The Offer because of what you're saying, and you can see that guy Bob Evans. As a master salesman,
1: yeah, no, that's true. I,
0: you got to get, you well, got to have people like that to sell these things,
1: buddy. I, I would, I would go on a limb and say that there's a, no like badass salespeople over in that administration. I could probably tell you that they're not, you know, hard hitting box slammers, right? They're just not. Good. I, I just don't envision that. But you're right. You need guys that are women guys or women that are able to you know get people to make those commitments and you're right that being a good salesman building a vision why it's important for them to donate what it'll do for the community I and mean, there's a lot of angles right but yeah I, I'm going to venture to say they don't have <laughs> they may not just have the talent to do that over there
0: I mean I, th- I think that a lot of the new, and I'm not calling out the new DeBoer people. I mean, it's a it's a problem from the top down. It has been for a long time. Um, you know, I think the new DeBoer people are doing a good job, but yeah, it's like we we, we we're we're in such a hole that it's going to take so much work to climb out of it. Uh, that we need to think, you know, outside of the box with some of these ideas. Get people into the stadium. You know, they'll spend money. Well, these are I, I... these are. And as you've said, I mean, UW has just been focused on the money. They're not thinking about what what's going to come in ten and twenty years, and that's why we got into these problems.
1: Well, and I think you know, going back to to the Portland State game briefly, because there's not much to talk about. Um, a high flying offense that's competent, and you do that against Michigan State this week, and that's going to pique interest. Obviously. Offense is super important in college football. If this offense is, is it can be what seventy five percent efficient of what we've seen last two weeks against Michigan State, like you talk about a turnaround um, in coaching and a fast one. I mean, look at all the looks and different plays that they. have that they have shown in the last two weeks. I mean, are you are you kidding? I mean, all of these receivers that are wide open, finding space in the field, we never saw that ever. And if this
0: offense is,
1: like I said, just is really good against Michigan State, that's going to help. I think that help the program. Yeah,
0: I mean, if they can win the game, that's going to help. Well, hell yeah, but
1: I'll tell you, Chess, one thing that has me extremely worried about the game is the tackling on defense. There is some really bad tackling. Guys tackling high, hitting people, not getting in the ground. It's a really poor technique from a tackling perspective. If they can't tackle on defense this weekend, they're going to be in big trouble.
0: Well, not only that, Jimmy, but there are a lot of guys on Portland State who are running open that the quarterback missed.
1: Yeah. Yeah, there, there, there's some issues on defense for sure. Um, they're going to have to get that short up quickly. And special teams, uh, kickoff special teams, is not where it needs to be. And, and, and just, I think it's been 20-plus years since we've had a kicker that can put it into the end zone. Did you see that Arizona Cardinal football player who, because their kicker got hurt? Or was it KC? I can't remember. But it was like the four-string wide receiver was kicking extra points and kickoffs, and he booted it through the end zone. Why Can't anyone just kick the ball through the end zone so no one can return? Because we can't cover returns. What are we giving up, like 30-plus yards of return on kickoff?
0: Something, Something like that, and Michigan State—they have an All-American receiver who's also kind of an all-purpose guy. He's a return guy as well, so that's we, we that's afford, not that's basically. not a good recipe. No,
1: I mean they've got to find a way to get that ball through the end zone or shore up their lanes uh, on special teams because it's special teams tackling, letting guys run wide open. That is not a good. That's not a good way to win games.
0: Yeah, I just see. Yeah, I mean, there's there's concerns on defense that we've talked about. Uh, offense is going well. I am concerned there's no dynamic back, but maybe we can scheme around that. Michigan State has a good pass rush. They do have one guy who's a transfer from UNLV, Jacoby Windman, who's leading the country in sacks. Are you saying so, that dynamic back for us? No, I'm saying we lack a dynamic running back.
1: Well, I think – you know who I think has the – the ability to be somewhat dynamic, it just hasn't gotten. as many. I think Will Nixon has some.
0: I really? Because I haven't, I haven't seen it. I mean, I would say Cam Davis, but I just, I haven't seen it. I, I agree on Cam Davis for sure. But I you're, think, you're, you're much more, you're much better at spotting the running backs than I. Am. Well, no,
1: I think we're in agreement on Davis being the bell cow, but Nixon. Has been in a lot of obviously a lot of the passing situations. They've thrown the ball a lot, but man, he he can move. He's got some speed. Um, I'd like to see him get a little bit of run. I mean, Talapa is that his name? Um,
0: Talipapa.
1: Talipapa. He, you know, he doesn't have that breakaway speed. He he is not dynamic.
0: There, yeah. I think was it? I don't know if it was you or somebody else who texted me. There was a play at the beginning of the game last week where. He kind of broke free, and he couldn't outrun the defense. Yeah, yeah. Where where no. any like legit back would have outran the defense and scored. Yeah, I think
1: there. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see uh, their rotation at running back this weekend.
0: We yeah, we. I, need, you go ahead. No, I mean they're
1: going to need plays, obviously, out of the back.
0: I think the. The key for running back for me will be someone who can pick up the pass rush. Sure, because we're not going to be able to run the ball on these guys. It's well, it, it, that's going to be. I'm just thinking that's going to be the situation with a lot of, not a lot of, but you know, the the teams with good defenses. It's going to be really hard for us to run on them unless we're just gashing them through the air. Well, the run game has not improved over the last two years. It's it's still where it was.
1: If, you, if you're if you forced to be one-dimensional, which you never want to be, I would say this offense is like the only offense that I've seen that... I mean, obviously, they're going to have right. a huge upgrade in talent they're going to face, but if you're going to be one-dimensional, I think you want Phoenix throwing the ball to the guys that they have at receiver. And, you know, if Colt makes... You know, Colt will make the tough catch. He'll just drop the easy ones. Um, you know, I think there's an opportunity where you know this offense could 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 survive being one dimensional. We don't want to see that. If they can't get the run going, like yeah, if if we have to rely on Pina arm, I'm I'm okay with that. Um, but you're gonna have to, you know, you're gonna have to be creative. And I think Will Nixon will be, will be part of that. I think he's got a chance to be part of that. And, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, they mentioned that Sam Adams was going to get run, and he hasn't even sniffed the field. Has he even been on the field?
0: Um, I don't think so.
1: Did he even get in there with Heward or Dylan Morris? I don't think
0: so. Uh, Maybe he was in. I'll have to look. I think Camden Sermon
1: played. Yeah. I, I didn't watch closely enough, but it's interesting that, you know, I, they were really high on him and he hasn't played at all.
0: Yeah. And I I think getting back to the defense, I just think this is we kind of look like we could be a boom bust team this year. What I mean is with respect to our pass rush because you've talked about the problems with tackling. Yeah. I mentioned um I mentioned, you know, giving up or guys running free in the secondary for Portland State. Well, not free, but open. Listen, real quick. Yes.
1: Just there there was one play where four players tackled the guy and he didn't go down. But like two of the guys hit him high. They just he just bounced right off of them. Four guys, four missed tackles on one guy from Portland State. I was looking at it and I'm like <laughs> that is not good. That is uh extremely worrisome. Uh, can you fix tackling in a week? I don't know. I don't think so. But they better get better at tackling fast. Yeah. How frustrating will it be if you just see miss tackle after miss tackle by the defense? Maybe they're in position. They don't make the tackle. That's, you know, that's how you lose. Extend
0: what, your eye. I, what I mean is they the, – the pass – so the pass rush that's why we're I think going to be a boom bust team because if we have a really good pass rush that's constantly getting home that mitigates the other concerns on defense. However, if the pass yeah. rush doesn't get home then against good good offenses are probably going to have an easy time moving the ball and scoring. Yeah, I mean, we know that.
1: that I I really like Trice. Um, I like Jeremiah Martin's size. Um, you know, I think ZTF still working his way back in. You know, he was limited against Portland State. Um,
0: yeah, how many I, I, did he did he almost? There was one play. Was it Portland State or the previous game where he almost blocked a punt?
1: I don't recall.
0: I don't know. But he only he only played a few snaps against Portland. Yeah, he didn't play. Right?
1: I, I saw him out there, but it was, it was fumed far between us. Yeah,
0: I'm trying to find Talk if Christian Capel has an article about it. Shout out you to You know, Caple. that's probably – they're probably, you know, obviously wanting
1: to be at his best this weekend. But, you, you know – if you're too aggressive off the edge, uh, Michigan State will, will exploit that too. So it's going to be a big test uh, for Morrell and his guys.
0: Yeah, and it's also I, – I just feel like the morale of the program, there's a lot of potential for it to swing in a wide I – mean, the, the potential is wide. You know, we get a victory this game – fans are going to be saying, "Oh, maybe we can make the Pac-12 championship game. Maybe we can win 10 games." But if we lose, and if we lose by like let's say two or three scores, it's like, "Okay, we're a seven, you know, we're a six or seven win team." So I just yeah. I feel like there's a huge just the the morale, the perception is I mean there's but there's potential for it to swing in a wide direction either way. Well, what if it's a close loss? Uh, I mean, if it's a close loss, it um, I think it would depend. I mean, is it? Is it? Uh, I mean, do we have the lead at all during the game? Is it? Is it a, a close loss because yeah, we're our, we're behind by two scores, but we lose we by one a, score?
1: Well, let's say let's say it's a you know it's a one score game, and we give up a long touchdown
0: late. Um well wow, that would be so we give up the lead or it's tied and we give up a long touchdown.
1: Yeah, yeah. We it's like tied or you know, maybe we're up two, you know, or up three and we give up a late touchdown.
0: Well, I mean if it's a well played game, then we'd probably think, yeah, this is a eight win team looking at that. Yeah. But yeah, right. I mean if if they lose and it's by, you know,
1: two scores and yeah, you're definitely that's not yeah, people are going to feel great. <laughs> They're not
0: going to feel great about that. Yeah, I'm just concerned um I'm concerned it's not a good matchup for us.
1: Yeah.
0: Because Michigan State has a pass rush. They do have a run game. Um they do have an all-American receiver. I think they well, have it, a couple, overall, I think they top. have a well i i mean yeah you can look at the talent yeah. and say it's you can look at the talent and say it's the same but if you look at the last year i mean if you look at how michigan state has been performing as a program if you bring up their wins and losses i mean the covid year and then there was one year a couple years before that where they had a bad year and so even if you're looking at last year you know they 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 played against ohio state they played against uh, who else? They played against Michigan. You know they played Penn State. They played, I guess Pittsburgh in a bowl isn't that great, but still it was like a you know Pittsburgh was a good team last year. I mean they played a. They're a they're a battle tested team. You know they right. have the experience. They know how to win games like this. Sure. And- but. Him, is Washington favored in this Yeah, game? I'm really surprised. We're, fa- we're favored by three and a half now. I'm looking at the athletic, Bruce Feldman. We're favored by three and a half. And I saw that yesterday. And he's picking Washington to win. He said, this feels like a coming out party for Kaelin DeBoer. He's getting it going at Washington. Husky Stadium can get loud. Michael Penick's playing really well. If the Huskies can protect him, I think they can win a close one against a very well-coached and well-balanced team. So, well, we'll I, get- I think... Sorry, I'll let you finish. No, go ahead.
1: Washington has beaten (laughs) Kent State and Portland State. People are like, this team is ready to turn the corner on Michigan State. (laughs) I mean, yeah, they beat them, you know, handedly, as we expected them to, but I I just, this is going to be such a talent upgrade from what they've faced, you know, two, two in the last two weeks, like, it's interesting that people are taking this position
0: yeah i mean penix did have a lot of success i wrote down the numbers um in two games against michigan state 72 percent completion percentage 700 yards five touchdowns two interceptions one rushing touchdown and if you look at the the year he was with the boar um gotta have that somewhere i lost it but he, he carved them up for like 400 yards and they lost Indiana lost 40 to 31 but he again he threw for 400 yards against them so did I think you feel did you feel that Penix missed a lot of guys yeah no, I think he life? missed a yeah I think he missed a few more than I would have expected last game yeah he felt like it was a little off target did you feel the same way yeah I did
1: yeah yeah well he can't be like that this weekend
0: yeah, I mean the the margin for error I think for the margin for error for us is much smaller than it is for Michigan State. Absolutely. And I think a lot you know I think the betting they're really they're really uh big on you know Pennix he's going to give Michigan State problems. You know DeBoer is a, a good coach. He's a great schemer and I think again Michigan State and their pet pass rush that's the key to the game. Well, you have – that's one key. The other key is we have to stop their run, obviously. And so, if Michigan State can get a lot of pressure on Pennix and our offensive line really struggles, you know, they could win by two or three scores. I mean, there is that possibility.
1: And Michigan State, do you think they're afraid of a a loud, ruckus crowd? You don't think they've played in front of crazy crowds?
0: yeah i mean no way and it's not going to be like it's not going to be i mean look at penn state watch some of those videos like every game oh. is like every game that they play at home is like you know you like a 92 North. nebraska game almost
1: yeah i mean they're, they're, they have faced way more hostile crowds than husky stadium right now I, I just don't think the noise is going to be much of a factor. I mean, yeah, sure it'll be a part of it, but it's just not going to be. They've played that environment, so I don't. I just, you know, I don't see that being a huge, you know, game changer, especially if it's not a crowd we expect to be sold out. So, and you said Michigan State, so they're not flying out as many fans because they turned some of their allotment back. Is that what you yeah, said?
0: Yeah, they return. They return some of their allotment. But, I mean, I I have heard here and there they do have a pretty good alumni base in the West.
1: What do they get, 4,000 tickets, Um, 3,000?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so Michigan State, they have 12 sacks in two games. I know they didn't mm. play that strong of a schedule. You know, the first game they struggled. But Western Michigan, they beat Kent State by 30 last year. Mm. Western. Now, I know they had a good quarterback who they, they didn't have this year, who they had last year. But still, I mean, that uh, – it wasn't like they were playing Portland State the first game. Right. And, you know, Michigan L- 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 State, L- 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 they 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 know that they – they're the type of team, with the success they've had The coach, they know they can turn it on when they need to. When you're a, a legit good team, you know how to do that. And that's just – that's my hope for us is that are we going to turn it on and play at a higher level? Is the pass rush going to play at a higher level? Like are they going to turn things up? Are We, we need to see 2020 ZTF. We need to see Trice just wreaking havoc. You know, we need to see just better tackling from the entire defense. We need to see the offensive line just physical as shit out there. I mean, I know I'm like master of the obvious with all these things, but, you know, the emotion, the crowd can hopefully fuel all these guys to play at the height of what they're capable of. Well, like I That's, want a, the, that's but, how you win this game.
1: I want to bore having them feel that way. And I feel like he has that element. I feel like, you know, he will have these guys up, right? They they need to play their best football, obviously. Uh, and I, I feel like board is going to have them ready to do so because, I mean, look, you compare the last two years to what we've seen the last two weeks. Clearly, they practice differently. They prepare differently. Alex Cook made that game ball speech about operations and the change that has the changes that have been made. Like if you're running a tight ship and your players recognize the change in the culture and how things are run and there's like a clear impact on the team and that perspective, that's just going to result in greater confidence and buy-in to your coach, because I feel like that certainly has happened, and all the looks that they've been been able to build into this offense in comparison to what they're running before. I mean, it was like Pee Wee football, man. <laughs> so, i I think there's certainly buy-in with this team, and it's clearly like they're just they're better coached. Now, the tackling component is a concern. Special teams, but I think there is a different vibe with this team than what we've seen, you know, in the past recently. Um, so I think that bodes well for, you know, coming in with the right mindset and the attitude to to win this game. It's just whether they'll be able to obviously keep up with them and, and play to their level, because there's going to be a big talent jump.
0: Yeah, there is. Now, something else which is positive, Michigan State's had a few injuries. Uh, They're all-American William. receiver. Um, right. He's he's dinged up a little bit. I mean, I'm sure he's going to play. Um, but they do have a linebacker who um, I believe is out for the season, looked him up. You know, he's a starter but not, not irreplaceable, uh, decent player. They do have a safety who – was a all big 10 guy last year. Phil Steele had him as a preseason fourth team all-American, a safety who's out. So that's in their secondary was a huge weakness last year, so to lose another guy off that. Um look, I mean there's there's potential. That's why I say the offensive line, if they can if they can have a really good game, then Pennix will he will uh t- carve up these guys. Like Bruce Feldman was saying, if they can keep Pennix you know if they can keep them clean he's probably going to do a lot of damage another master of the obvious statement but this is because <laughs> this is because they they have a good pass rush and they're weak in the back they're very weak in the back so comes down to the offensive line there and on the other side of the ball i mean stopping the run they have t- they got two good transfer backs I mean, look, in the portal, they got two good transfer backs. They got this pass rusher from UNLV, Jacoby Winman, who's leading the country in sacks. They got a tight end who looks pretty good. I mean, I'm jealous of their portal recruiting. Like, why can't we recruit like that?
1: Is it still around academics and all that stuff and getting people into in the university? Remember, we always had those articles. About, well, it
0: has to do with – We need a P.E. degree. Yeah, right,
1: right. Um, I, You know, I, I think the portal game is obviously important now. It's just, it feels like it's eroded college football too, right? I'm just so torn on the concept, right? Because you do need to take advantage of it. But look at USC, with, you know, Travis Dye and Addison Kidd and the quarterback, Caleb Williams. It's just like you're, you know, you're piecing together a team for one year. Uh, I hate that. But it is part of the game, right? Didn't don't you love about just like building, you know, through recruiting, getting the right players in place, build putting the pieces together. Like there's a there's like a puzzle there, right? There's like this vision, yeah, of building, right? And that's just part of that just been you know, completely
0: just thrown in the garbage. Because well, and and the cool thing about building is you know, t- programs that are not elite or very good, you know, they can build up to where they have like a couple good years, you know, they get one or two recruiting right. classes. They get one or two recruiting classes that turn out, you know, Oh, we got lucky and we're developing these guys and, you know, give it, give it another two years and we're going to be really competitive, you know, and they get to that. It's like a experienced team and they get to that point and, you know, they compete for the league title or, you know, whatever, they win nine or ten games, and then, you know, maybe they fall. With Don James, man, like all the great coaches, being able to build a
1: program and then sustain it over the long haul, that that was what was so incredible about, you know, coaches, college coaches with that were able to build those long-term, sustaining, winning programs.
0: The consistent recruiting and developing.
1: Yeah, I mean that's such a unique part of
0: college football. It's just you know, I mean, it's much gone. in that I mean, in that vein, Jimmy, like I don't know how many like guys were gonna lose off the defense this year, but like looking at the pieces it would be like, Oh, well that would be great if all these guys came back next year. You know, then the all these pass rushers would like wow, they would take I mean, can you imagine them? They have another ten games this year or eleven games and then they're coming back the next year. I mean they're gonna get that much better. Like if they're not real if they're not really good this year, okay, well they're gonna be really good next year. Mm-hmm. I mean it's just yeah, in this environment it's just that kind of it's just rare as a fan to see that you know you grow con- more connected to the players. Now it's just you know, who's in, who's out, transfer, playoff <laughs> Who's in the playoff? Right. Yeah. If we if we yeah. win this game, there's going to be like playoff talk immediately after. Oh, Washington! <laughs> they could go. They're three and and0 They just beat Michigan State. They can go to the playoff. <laughs> yeah. I
1: mean, again, that's just you know, it's it's just eroded tradition and history, and you know, you just don't have the NFL, right? I mean, there's obviously an element of. Building mm-hmm. a, a winning organization and such. But you know, you got free agency, and you know, you, know, you make top heavy rosters and pay a quarterback, and then you, know, you sacrifice. I mean, look at, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be good this year at Green Bay, but look at, he lost Devontae Adams, and the offense looks you know, terrible. I don't even know, he didn't even throw a touchdown. I know one guy dropped a bomb, but you know, the point being, like, with the NFL, right? You got to pay a guy, and the rest of the team suffers in some way or they take a cap. Hit. like that's this is what I loved about college football was looking, you know, building that long term vision. You know, look at look at Mike Price, right? Like he he was an average to media coach of Washington State. Then, you know, he goes on that run, he gets offered the you know, has some success and Alabama offers him and then they meet him like, Oh we gotta get this guy out and set him up. <laughs> but you know,
0: nice like, tangent.
1: Yeah. But you know, like if you're a cook fan, you watch shitty football for all, you know, all those years on, but then you get that amazing run. I mean, that's like, you look back and like, those were epic times as being a fan for the Cougs. Right? You got to witness really good football and then lose to Washington four years in a row with Gesser. But, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you're always going to remember that run as a Coug fan
0: Yeah
1: You know I just it's very unique and it's 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 a it's a shame that you know it's one thing that will nothing's protected anymore
0: No yeah I mean the great regular season games they're they don't mean anything I mean right You know the 2016 Be- beating Stanford like um you know 2016 like beating Utah even though we were a way better team And we almost lost that game. You know, we lose that game. We don't go to the playoff. Like, all those regular season games are special. Because, you know, it led to us making... You know, same about 2018. I mean, even those games at the end of the season. Like, you know, going to the Rose Bowl. I remember, you know, we were playing like shit and we lost to Cal. And I remember, like, I was texting with Coker. And I was like, this game, it doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, because we have to beat Stanford. We have to beat Sanford and Wazoo. That game doesn't mean anything. We have to beat Sanford and Wazoo. We can still go to the Rose Bowl. And then, you know, I remember taking some pictures with my friends and tailgating before those games, you know, and what it led to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, now it, – it, and, like, here's another – like, I, I tweeted this. Okay, November 1997, you had Michigan was number four playing against number three Penn State. A hey, Keith Jackson with the intro. And he says, the Big Ten title, the Rose Bowl, and the National Championship, and even the Heisman Trophy are all on the line in this game. Like, can you fucking believe that? Like, how much is on – that's – you know, Andrew talks about, you know, high leverage moments in college football. I mean, that's an extreme high leverage moment. You know, everything is on the fucking line in that one game. That's what makes college football great. Regular season games like that. You know, the stadium's packed – Every fucking thing is on the you know now it's playoff playoff oh expanded play it doesn't matter I mean uh, does you know oh well there's going to be more more games are going to be more important to try and figure out who's going to be the number you know nine seed or the number eleven seed playing against the number three seed and you know December they're going to be playing against Michigan and five degrees on the campus and then you know the next the week after that I mean this it just just I mean, it's it's going to be fucking awful I mean I'm I'm sorry but like. That's why I'm pumped for the game this weekend to come back. I mean, it was a shitty segue. But I feel like this is like one of the last like pure old school college football games, you know, intersectional matchup, September, you know, a big game to start the season. I just – that that's why I've been pining for this game, you know, over the last couple months. That it's just – and I really fucking hope, excuse my French, that we can fill up the stadium and give these play. I mean – the, these guys on the team, you know, the coaches, DeBoer—that's what they've heard about. They see all this stuff about, oh, the Nebraska game, you know, nineteen ninety-two, the USC game, nineteen ninety, twenty-sixteen, Stanford, you know, oh, the 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 cameras are shaking, you know, and, and these you know and these guys have to do these promos to get fans to come in, and then you know the first the, the game last week, they're looking up at the stadium and they must be thinking this is like a fucking high school crowd. Yeah,
1: no, uh, yeah, no, uh, horrifying. No, yeah, that that can't that can't be the case. No. Well, we know it's not going to be that poor, right? I mean, it oh, won't yeah. be I, like that. No, I, I don't want to see I, that, right? gaping holes.
0: Yeah, I on a scale of one to ten, um, if you're looking at um, ten for the crowd, if ten is, or let's just say you know ten is like. The top three games of all time, which are probably Miami two thousand, uh, USC nineteen ninety, Nebraska ninety two. That would be a ten on a scale of one to ten. Yeah. I'd put the twenty sixteen Stanford game at a nine. The Michigan two thousand one game at a nine. I mean, you can find these games on YouTube. Go and look them up. You can hear the crowd, like how loud it is, and it's it's constant throughout the broadcast. Now I don't know, I don't know what a seven or eight would be on the scale, but. That would, I mean, realistically, that's my hope. I mean, hopefully, we can get this crowd to be like an eight. Hopefully, it can be maybe just a step below where it was for 2016 Stanford. I I hope it's that good, and it's not just like, oh, wow, that's kind of loud. You know, should do you you think the
1: average fan, you know, looks at Michigan State as like a Michigan or an Ohio State or an Oklahoma?
0: No, I mean that—that that is probably a little bit of the problem.
1: Yeah, I mean it's if you're a, if you're a dialed in college football fan, you understand college football. You know the landscape. Like, yeah, okay, Michigan State—that's a good game. But if you're like the avid fan, you want to go to a fun game, it doesn't have like the marquee, you know, LSU, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan type of to it right but it's still obviously michigan state you know they're good we know they're good but it doesn't have like that blue blood type of marquee matchup
0: i mean do you remember the lsu the the first game for sark the lsu 2009 i mean that was that was a night game i mean that crowd was was amazing
1: yeah it was a great environment great game too i mean you know (laughs) the effort you know the the way they played that game right like all those they were (laughs)
0: trying yeah they were trying so hard yeah no and then Les Miles was like after the game he's like how the fuck did that team not win a game last year
1: (laughs) (laughs) so I mean we'll we'll see we'll see we'll we'll know we'll know uh we'll know more in a few days uh I I did want to give a shout out to someone out there real quick Elise Woodward did the uh, the uh, play-by-play for the broadcast i i think she did a good job i was very impressed thought she uh she did well i had her in the broadcast booth and i wanted to give her a shout out i thought she did a good job
0: yeah shout out also shout out to max brown i think he did a pretty good job as well yeah yeah we'll see I mean, him they're, they're growing uh
1: New pair in the landscape of broadcast, but uh, I thought at least
0: did a good job. I was impressed. Speaking it's, of shout outs, oh sorry, go ahead. Finish no, your thought. I, no, I'll
1: I'll let it I'll let it lie. But
0: I, well, I was gonna transition to another shout out, but you wanted well, to well, go finish. Ahead. No. Well, shout out to the Husky Legend this game, Sonny Six Killer, who I guess he had a big game yeah. when we beat Michigan State back in was that nineteen seventy? Would have been seventy, yeah. Uh um, 40- humble brag by me I actually he was my neighbor growing up so I know him really well he coached a basketball team I was on so I yeah I know you know my parents know his parents I know his his kids very well grew up with them and uh you know one, one game I just Sonny is a great guy um really nice guy and, uh, you know, I hope we can really get a victory, really pack the crowd for him. But one anecdote uh, that I remember, probably like 20 years ago or so, I think we might have been playing Indiana. I was in the press box and, you know, I, it, they were a bad team and we were soft cocking it. and It was tight at halftime. And I saw Sonny in there at halftime and, you know, we started talking and he was like, if this is football, like you got to come out and smack him. He said, I don't care if you're playing the school of the blind, you got to come out there and smack him, hit him hard. <laughs> and so that's just, I mean, that's what the old school Huskies are like.
1: You, you know, I, I've had an opportunity to spend a little time with Sonny and, you know, he just has that like big personality smile on his face. Fun to be around. Um, and, and that idea of like punching the other team in the mouth, right? Having that old school mindset, man, it is different. Totally is different, man. It is, it has changed tremendously. And, and so I, like, you know, they've hard knocks football, man. They, those helmets that they were wearing, there was like little to no padding on those helmets. And obviously, it's not a great that, you know, we're knocking heads like that, but they, their mindset, and toughness, man. Like you need that in a program, right? That mindset, so important. And I, did Sonny speak to the team this week?
0: Did I, did I catch that? Well, I I don't know. I I, I don't know. Have I have mean, to I, ask I, I around.
1: Someone, wait, did Lawyer Malloy I think spoke to the team a couple weeks right? a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, I may have gotten that wrong. But either way, like, yeah, I, I love that attitude, man.
0: Yeah. Um, So let's run through questions real quickly. and then we can give a prediction. We got to wrap this puppy up. All right. Well, I mean, a lot of these we've covered. Uh, uh, First thing, uh, Jimmy, have you tried Zane Burger in Bellingham?
1: I've had Zane Burger.
0: This guy said, I had a great burger there today. Now regret not trying their shake. Yeah. Um, uh, It's been a long time. But uh, I have tried their burger. How was it?
1: Uh, I you know, at the time it was uh, passing through. It was, uh, it was okay. It was good. I wouldn't give it like a Burger Master level uh, stamp of approval, but it's fine. It's been a while since I've been there, so they may have uh, they may have improved the burger.
0: All right, very good. Check out Zane Berger and Bellingham. Next question: Man. Is MJ Alley just too big? Andre the Giant is the eighth winner of the world, but <laughs> he would have been awful at football.
1: I, I watched him a little bit. I don't know. I don't. I need. I need to see him more. No.
0: Yeah, I, I saw him get in the backfield once or twice, but
1: um, he's a big human. You don't a guy that big like you don't necessarily have to do anything <laughs> you need him to tie up guys right
0: yeah
1: you, you need him to plug up the middle you don't necessarily have to have him be um making plays you know he, he has a a role and maybe in a different manner than they don't want him necessarily just blowing up the middle right where you, maybe he's got to take up two guys at once so depends on how they're scheming up too
0: the next question is from Dane Crane, former Husky. Shout out to Dane Crane. Thank you for all you did for the program. Uh, do we get he's asking, do we get capacity at Husky Stadium Saturday? And I think, you know, we've I, we've spent a lot of the podcast bemoaning our lack of capacity crowd. So, yeah, I I, I don't think we're going to get there, Jimmy, unfortunately.
1: I agree. Um we are not <laughs> going to be a capacity. I wish I could say we were.
0: But even if we can get, what's the capacity, 70?
1: Yeah, I think it's not quite 70. Did they expand it? Because I think technically it was like 68 and change.
0: It's got to be 70. Sure. Uh, If capacity is 70, I mean, even if we have like 63,000 in the seats and people are effing loud, and we're really loud on that scale, and like you said if you're watching it on TV, you know you don't want to see huge gaps you know you just you want to see purple everywhere and maybe a few tiny gaps up in the rafters
1: yeah, yeah you just don't want big huge gaps right in the stadium that'd not be good
0: uh next question will it be papa and newton i m o that would be a killer one two beat down punch was too weak of a word um i don't I still think. You know, I still think it's probably going to be Cam Davis and Tali Papa. I don't know. Maybe they'll use Will Nixon a little bit. I mean, I think Newton, I don't know. I, I think a lot of our fans overrate him. I, he's had a lot of injury issues. I know that people like the way he runs, but um, I don't know, Jimmy. He just, you know, I mean, he showed a lot of promise his first year, but, you know, it's it's been a shit show the last couple of years, so I don't necessarily fault him. Uh, but I... I think if I think if Cam like which of the backs is the best blocker like who's best at picking up the blitz I don't know I
1: mean it didn't seem like a lot of the the backs would stay in the backfield very long and that's the other thing about you know this offense Penix doesn't hold on the ball very long uh, and that's another thing that part of why he's, he's kept so clean in the pocket I think part of it too is he's not holding on the ball.
0: Yeah, and I will say Penix, I mean, you know, th- this is also a big measuring stick game for him. I mean, if if the protection is adequate and he throws for, you know, 300 yards or 350, that's going to be – that's going to confirm for us that we have the best QB we've had since Tui, in my opinion. Um,
1: yeah, and I think it's very possible to see it.
0: Good uh, I'm Good Yeah, okay. Uh, In what quarter will State register their first sack? Second quarter. I'm going to go with the first quarter. Okay. What position group needs to step up to fuel a big win?
1: Linebacker and safety. And corner.
0: (laughs) I would say... I would say it's the uh yeah, I mean it's definitely the offensive line and the either the defensive line or linebacker or the edge guys. I mean master of the obvious, but yeah, I want to see cuz that's what worries me. I mean, I think Michigan State is superior in those areas, but if our line, I mean, if if we can stop the run and if we can get a pass rush, um that's going to align really well with our offense i mean that's what's going to make us in some games i think look like a 10 win team and other games look like a six or seven win team so that that's what i'll be looking for yeah and this will be a
1: a a half audition as well right for me yeah (laughs) you know my feelings on huff
0: yes we all do Okay, now where do you think UW is ranked if they win? Top twenty, top twenty-five. Where is UW ranked if they win by fourteen plus? Top fifteen to twenty. Well, Jimmy, I would say if we win by fourteen or more, um, yeah, I think we're gonna we would probably shoot shoot up in the rankings to around fifteen. If yeah, we, yeah, I would
1: say fifteen to nineteen.
0: Yeah, if we win by if we just win and it's by you know one or three or four. Um, yeah, I'd say 20, I'd say in the top 25. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What aspect of the game concerns you the most, uh, in the matchup with Michigan state? I mean, we've talked about it a lot. I would say the concerns I have are, I don't know how I could rank them, but okay. I have their pass rush their, you know, their, uh, and their, the potential of their offense, you know, to exploit our defense. I don't know which one concerns me more. I mean, I think the, the pass, their pass rush is obviously, you know, that, that probably concerns me the most because if, I mean, if any team can get a pass rush against us and, you know, and neutralize our pass offense, that's when we're going to look like a five- or six-win team. So I would say that probably concerns me the most. But I'm equally or, or secondarily um, concerned about, you know, our, like you been say, you know, just our tackling on our defense and just being sloppy. Tackling is my biggest concern
1: for me
0: in special teams. Oh, yeah, that's a speci- that's a very good one. And and again, their their all American guy Red he returns kickoffs, so got to watch him. He's he's dangerous. Has Peyton
1: Henry only uh, attempted one field goal in the last two weeks?
0: Um, yeah. What was
1: against Portland State? I think it was a forty yarder.
0: Yeah, yeah. So he's had two. He had one right before halftime each game, right?
1: So I, I I like Peyton Henry. <laughs> he have not had a lot of kicks. this year. Um, but yeah, special teams and tackling have me really worried.
0: What are three things you're looking for out of U Dub? Hmm, I wish I'd be more specific. I guess maybe we could just make it the things the things that you want to see or things that we want to see. Oh, okay.
1: We. We've we've kind of gone over this. You want you want to answer it again?
0: Well, I would say three things: um, just better tackling, clean play on defense. You know, better tackling yeah. from the yeah. entire defense is well, one. Just more clean play, tackling all night, and and pass rush. Pa- I I want to see the pass rush. Like I want to see them level up this game. I mean, I want to see everybody level up but I want to see the pass rush level up this game. I want to see ZT. I want to see 2020 ZTF this game. I, I want, want to see- go to. Sorry, go <laughs> ahead. I want
1: to go to bed. <laughs> um, Jeff said this now, this is probably the fourth time you've mentioned ZTF leveling up and seeing him in old form. Everybody I thought
0: it was that. only the second time. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, the was. other. And so the other thing I would say, <laughs> pardon me, is you know, I want to see the offensive line just pass block really well. I want to see – I don't want to see their – I want to see the, them stone Jacoby Winman. I don't want to hear that guy's name all day. Um. Yeah. All right, last question is about a prediction. So, brother, help, uh, help take us home with a prediction. Well, I hate to make
1: the prediction, but I think Washington loses like – to go oh,
0: man. 29 to 23 ah uh, damn you
1: i um, don't it but that's my prediction
0: yeah i mean i i just i think it's going to be a tough game i think it's going to be a tough matchup I really hope that I'm wrong, and you know I am wrong a lot, but remember we did basically with a 95% accuracy. We did predict the first game. I don't recall what we predicted last week, but naturally we were probably pretty close. So maybe we're due to be wrong. But I see – I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with Michigan State 34- um Washington uh twenty four. I I just think that I think our defense is gonna struggle a little bit this game. I think Michigan State's gonna be able to run. I think they're gonna be able to get some deep shots and I think they're gonna get I think they're gonna get enough pressure to neutralize Pennix. Yeah, yeah uh,
1: that's definitely a concern. Yeah, has the pressure. Because he's felt none last two weeks it's gonna be a little different game this week all righty man i gotta i gotta i we gotta shut all right now. brother
0: all right thanks everybody for listening uh we'll talk to you again next week go dogs
1: go dogs